Studios of WORQ in Wisconsin. This is the Stand Up for the Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up for the Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in, and as always, thank you for sharing, sharing, sharing the podcast. That's how it gets out there. Um, can't wait to get to the many important topics today that we need to address that you probably don't hear in the media, and you may not even hear in a lot of the uh, talk shows out there, but we've got John Haller in studio he uh, just pulled up with his wife Pam here. They stayed in Green Bay last night, and they're in studio with us. And, of course, you know him for his weekly prophecy updates out of Fellowship Bible Chapel, FBC, YouTube channel. And uh, welcome back, and uh, welcome to the studio again, John. It's always good to be here. Yeah, it's a and blessing. It, it's nice to be able to see your face in person yeah. when I go off script or go out of order. <laughs> then I can go watch the panic. Yeah, the hand person. signals. The hand signals. That's right. And so, good morning, Mary. I don't know what Mary's panic look looks like. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. We'll you may find, find out. You'll yeah. soon find, out. find out. Maybe. Well, John, you were here what two years ago? Uh, it was actually September of September October of 2021. Okay, so about yeah. 20 months ago. Okay, yeah. So well, it's always good to have guests in studio, and uh, you know, uh, you, you're a pro. You've done this before, so you know how this works. What I'd like to do, there's, since there's so many, there's one breaking story, a couple breaking stories actually. If you talk about Turkey and the Durham report, which we will get to. Um, but I want to just hear a little bit about your trip. You've been gone for a couple of weeks. You were up in Canada, and you've got to tell us about the Teslas, but try to condense just your overall okay. experience with so, the Canadian church there. Yeah, so no problems. We entered Canada at Sault Ste. Marie, Canada, in Ontario, went around Lake Superior, all the way across Canada, Winnipeg, Regina, or Regina, uh, down to Medicine Hat, went down to Glacier National Park in Montana, up to Calgary uh, to speak. I spoke four times at the last day's Bible conference. And uh, that conference is online. You can go to Last Day's Bible Conference, and you can find the videos. Click on the Live tab. Some great talks there. Carl Kirby, uh, Chris Atalka from Friends of Israel gave really one of the best talks I've ever heard on mm. the leaving of the Shekinah glory. Wow. That incorporated archaeology, history, geography, and everything, and prophecy. It, it was a phenomenal talk. We'll I have mean, to get a hold of him. Yeah. We've All had right. Paul Sharp, Friends of Israel. Mm-hmm. And, and but he, that was right. local. He's experienced. He does a Friends of Israel uh, podcast. Uh, he lives in New Jersey. He couldn't be at the conference, so he sent these videos there. Okay. Just phenomenal talks that he gave. Uh, and had a couple of local pastors, Pastor Mantle, Pastor Stone. I spoke at a church on Sunday. Just, I will tell you that the warm welcoming there was so wonderful. Uh, we actually drove through Lethbridge, which is where um, the day we were driving through Lethbridge on our way to Calgary was when Art Pulaski was having his most recent trial, and he okay. was convicted. Of we haven't excitement. mentioned him in a while. We have had a couple of Canadian pastors on, Tim Stevens and James and Jane Coates, but we haven't mentioned Arthur Pulaski in a while. Please. And there were people from his church that were at the conference there in Calgary. Awesome. So we had a pretty full house. Um, you know, we had people that flew in. We had uh, a, a lady who... I probably shouldn't say she she works for a government agency, and she flew in from uh, the East Coast and spent some time there. It's a beautiful part of the country. One thing we learned, though, is, one, the world is very big. <laughs> Two, we drove all the way from Sault Ste. Marie to Calgary before we saw a Tesla 
although we saw a lot of fast charging stations out in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, Manitoba, particularly Man- nowhere, Ontario. Carl Techribe, who you know, who lives in Saskatchewan, posted on his Facebook page the other day that he was out driving, and he and his wife saw a Tesla up ahead, and the people were fiddling around in the trunk, and they slowed down, and what they were doing was they were actually using a gas power generator in the trunk to charge the Tesla, because there's a lot of wide open spaces. So all these people say the earth is too populated, has not driven around the west. And the, the one thing that was so interesting to me is the landscape, Everywhere you go is beautiful. If it's prairie, it's beautiful. If it's rolling hills and mountains of Wyoming mm-hmm. or South Dakota, it's beautiful. Or the cows in the field and the little babies and or the white buffalo. Bu- you saw white buffalo. I saw white buffalo. A white uh, buffalo. Between, we can't remember if it was in Canada or Montana. <laughs> it was as we were coming in and out of uh, uh, Glacier National Park. And it was interesting. When we went across the borders, there was no cars ahead of us, no waiting. 15 seconds. It took a little bit longer on the Canadian side coming back in from Montana because I think we were the first person to cross the border there that day. <laughs> so the guy said, I, I need to get my computer running before I can check you through. He still have a dial-up? <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm kidding. I will say I'm the kidding. worst cell service I've had in the whole trip. We've traveled 6,100 miles <laughs> in about the last three weeks. Wow. And the worst cell service is Green Bay. Really? You guys are like, oh. you guys are like, I mean, the worst Wi-Fi in the hotel was Green Bay. I mean, this is like, I haven't seen speeds like this because, you know, I, I did a update yesterday, recorded it in the oh, lobby from the hotel? at the hotel here in Green Bay and uh, put it up. Uh, you can go to Fellowship Bible Chapel YouTube channel and get that. Click on the live tab. I'm going to rerun it in a premiere at 1015 so okay. you can listen to this. From Green Bay. 1015 Eastern. But anyway, um yeah, so you don't have five. There's like no five, no five G to speak of around here, at least on my cell phone. So, but you know we love Green Bay anyway. You know, even okay. though they have the Packers, but yeah, you know, they got rid of uh, whatever that guy's name was, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Oh, you had to bring that up. Yeah. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm, yeah, I know. Anyway, um, so the Tesla thing is kind of interesting. They had all these charging stations, but apparently not as many cars. So the gov- no. the government was all ready for all this. Influence well, of Tesla. That's interesting. So let me just swerve off. See, here we go. All right. You all brought right. it up. All right, but there's five minutes. I in. would highly recommend that you go to Bannon's War Room, go to the Saturday show. Uh, you can get it on Rumble and w- listen to Dave Walsh. He did a 14 minute segment and a five minute segment on the absolute planned destruction of the economy, the energy grid and economy in the United States. EPA came out with new rules last week, and for the first time, Carbon dioxide is considered a pollutant. If these rules go through, it will either require the shutdown of a lot of natural gas-powered plants, which is what they all wanted, mm-hmm. and they will, uh, it will it will ruin 70% of the power grid in the United States. And so what are they going to do? So they're pushing out electric cars everywhere, and they're destroying the power grid. If it stays in place and they comply with the regulations – Electricity costs in the United States across the board will quintuple. And we're already, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but our bills have gone up maybe double in Ohio? on gas and electric over yeah. the past year. Yep. And I mean, yeah. yep. uh, and, it, and it's everywhere. And, and, you and know, the media, is, media is like, nothing to see here, move along. You hardly find a story about it. Yep. I mean, you have to really dig. So watch those, those, that podcast from Saturday. Uh, there, okay. there, there was a segment. 
uh, that Bannon did on the, the destruction of the energy grid. I talked about that on the Fox News uh, debate in Ohio that I got to be on a small panel with Martha mm. McCallum and mm. Brett Baer. And that was the one thing that I brought up. And I, I mentioned there that this was being done by the O'Biden administration. And Martha's, you know, she, her eyebrows shot up into her head and uh, everything. So it's... Uh, uh, the truth only goes so far. It, well, even, it even can go... It's got to yeah. pass the gatekeepers even at Fox News. But let's go to one of the top stories, John. And Mary, I can jump in with a question once we get this one kicked off. That, of course, is the Durham report, which seems to vindicate President Trump. And it says that the FBI failed to uphold their mission of strict fidelity to the law. Yeah, what they did with the uh, Crossfire Hurricane report and all these things that led to a FISA, uh, the, the Electronic Surveillance Court, uh, it's a special court that led to warrants and that type of thing, even prosecutions. I think, for example, Michael Flynn uh, was investigated in connection with that, charged with lying, pled guilty, he was eventually pardoned by President Trump. Uh, the whole campaign on the crossfire hurricane, the Russia hoax, the Russia connection to Trump and all this stuff was a total made-up falsehood. It was clear, clearly misinformation, disinformation. I would suggest it was under the Department of Homeland Security's new terms, malinformation. They knew it was false, and they went ahead with it anyway. Mm -hmm. So now they're today, Durham issues the report. But the problem with the report is that it was clear that things were done incorrectly, but Durham recommends no prosecutions. So they get okay. away with it again. So Unbelievable. I, I'm sure yep. they've learned their lesson now. And, and they came out, the New York Times had a front page article about it today and said, well, you know, the FBI put in place different procedures in 2017, so this won't happen again. Oh, right. Is, you know, there, there's... Get the shovels out. There's some very... You know... In connection with the shovels, there's some by words the way, that we could use yes, to describe yes. By the way, John Haller reads the New York Times, so we don't have to. Um, <laughs> John, but back to... this. I pay for a subscription, <laughs> so you don't have This to. was kicked off in 2016, this investigation. And all we hear is collusion, collusion. Nobody looked at Hillary Clinton... And now this day, no one's looking at the Biden crime family and their connections to Russia, Ukraine, China. Nobody's looking at that. And yet Trump is still in the headlines. Yeah, it's, it's clear that, you know, the news is more propaganda than anything anymore. You have to really dig to find out what the truth is. You know, from the New York Times perspective, you'll get, you know, the talking points. I mean, and, and then... You can go to MSNBC and CNN today, and you will see all the same talking points parroted over and over again all day long to drill into at least the you know the left wing faithful that this is what you need to this is how you need to think and view things. It's it's awful. Well, the same things are going to be ignored, especially if Trump <laughs> runs again, which they're expecting. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, the media would love that. Well, there's going to be more of this. I mean, I, I look at this and I just it's think nonstop. this is just a blip on the radar because it's never going to end. And, you know, it's the average American knows full well the Biden family, the corruption, the shell game he plays. And I and, don't know. Do they? I, I don't think I think, you know, I've, I've talked to people. Uh, I've seen some people post and said, you know, I, I mentioned something that was clearly in the news to all Christians who are paying attention uh, I think a guy posted something on Facebook. He was talking to a, a kid at Walmart. Oh, I know what he did. He walked out of Walmart without paying, and he went back to pay. And then he said something like, well, at least it's not Chicago. You know, if it, it was Chicago, I just wouldn't have come back. 
And the kid looked at him like, what are you talking about? And so we get to drive through Chicago today, so you might pray for our safety Ooh, that the goodness. car not break down. I mean, we went through there once on the way back from uh, one of Jan's conferences in Minnesota, and there was construction downtown on the Dan Ryan, and I made a wrong turn, and we ended up on, like, one of the worst streets on the south side for about three miles till we got back to the freeway. And I'm wow. like, damn, just get yeah. down in the car. Take the belt line. Take the belt line. You don't ever have to go through downtown ever I know. again. And I, but I have, I have spent... Weeks and weeks, I've tried cases in Chicago. I love Chicago. There was a big article on uh, Bloomberg this morning about Chicago is dying. The, mm. the office buildings are empty. Mm. Nobody's coming back. And there, there is serious fear among people in the know in Chicago and commercial real estate and everything. Mm. There are buildings that are completely unoccupied. Nobody's coming back because of the crime. And there's a real fear that the city will fail. Well, look what they're doing. The, the definition of his in, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. They got Lori Lightfoot out, the radical yeah. Marxist, and I think she's lesbian too. By the way, I just she think, is. I think she covers all the categories of. Yeah, the, she, she the checks all the uh, yeah, checks all the boxes, intersectional and, boxes, and they hire a worse, yeah, another worse. Democrat. Yeah, he's worse. Who's worse? And so. I'm not surprised, but it's just amazing. Uh, evidently, the people don't get it, or unless their elections are corrupt. Well, in part, you watch what they've done with these prosecutors, where people commit murder and they're let out of prison on no bail, or they just don't file charges. These Soros-backed mm. prosecutors, and don't tell me they're not Soros-backed. That you can go back and you can find that this was in in Washington Post and New York Times. You can find this, but now you're not allowed to talk about it. If you talk about Soros funding this, you're an anti-Semite. You hate Jews. And no, oh, I hate what that guy does. That's Soros. I could care less Man. about his ethnicity. Or mm-hmm. yep. It has nothing to do with it. But but it appears that with that and other things like the energy grid, I mean, cold weather kills more people than warm. So I'm all for global warming. If I'm fighting for a tea time in January in central Ohio, I'm a happy guy. Okay. <laughs> so I love global warming. And – <laughs> the other thing, let me just say, driving across Canada, eastern Washington, Alberta, all these, these are huge agricultural areas. I mean, mm-hmm. the size of the farms in eastern Washington will shock you if you've mm-hmm. never been through there before. Mm-hmm. Just, it's, it's not apple orchards. It's field after field after field of wheat, alfalfa, all this other stuff. But talking to some locals like Rapid City, it rained the whole weekend we were there. Uh, they said, oh, we're, but they were all thankful for the rain because they've been in a 10 year drought. Yeah. And they said throughout the West, there's a big concern that this year's crop is going to be pretty bad because of the drought. It's, it's so dry. And that plays into a lot of food issues and famine. And I, I really think the worst is yet to come mm. on the food situation. And supply chain yeah. issues, famines, droughts. Well, food if, they, issues. if they say that carbon dioxide is the enemy, you need carbon to grow plants. I, to me, I don't know what genius came up with that notion. I think I expel, uh, you know, two and a half pounds of carbon dioxide every day just by breathing. Yeah. And, well, but I guess you know, according to Yuval Harari and things, the World Economic Forum, we're just useless eaters, I guess. So uh, let's move on to the next next topic, and that would sure. be Turkey. Let's jump over uh, across. The Atlantic. Um, they've had a really interesting election. They've got a lot of uh, controversy, and uh, analysts see Erdogan having an advantage in this runoff. 
Yeah. Um, there's a third place candidate there as well. Did, how did that weigh in? What do you see happening so, over in Turkey? I, I think Erdogan's going to win. His uh, his uh, party did win the majority in the parliament in the election. Uh, he got he needed to get fifty point zero one percent, and he got somewhere around. Uh, forty nine point nine. I was just going to say that. I was going to guess. And so there's so the other guy got about forty four percent. There were there were two other main candidates in the election. I think the one guy got under one percent. The other party, which is a a, a coalition of pro Kurdish parties, which are very anti Erdogan, got about five percent. So the question is, what's going to happen? Erdogan just needs some votes. He's very unpopular in the southeast. Uh, southeastern Turkey, where they had the earthquakes, which China, by the way, you know, we talk about end time signs. Jesus said there would be earthquakes in diverse places. And there was a Chinese report that analyzed the earthquakes and said that those two earthquakes that took place, when was it, March, I think, mm-hmm. uh, over 50,000 people killed, many buildings, even new buildings collapsed uh, because of lack, lax enforcement of construction standards by the Erdogan uh, patronage people. Uh, the mm. Chinese report said that those were the two most powerful earthquakes on land in recorded human history. Wow. And so that, that's kind of an interesting factoid that's there. Yeah. Uh, and so this is one of the things we talk about. And, of course, we're driving through. Uh, we didn't go to Yellowstone because most a lot of the roads are still closed because of snow. But we drove down through the Cascades and uh, Seattle, Portland, on a nice and clear blue Sky day, Colorado, it's all, you know, in, in the west there in Wyoming, it's all cloudy and everything. But um, the Cascade Fault there in the northwest is a huge fault that's ready to go. We have, they all they say that the fault's in California ready to go. And they say if Yellowstone ever goes, we all go, hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, because it's the largest volcanic activity place on mm-hmm. planet Earth. And it's so close to the surface. So it's... There's all again. This is what I talk about a lot: convergence and acceleration. Mm-hmm. You know, the, all the different signs are converging, and they're they're happening more and more quickly. John, I have a question for you. I mean, why for people who don't maybe don't know uh, the average Bible student, why do we care about Turkey? I know it's a gateway between East and West, and it, you know, why Good should question. we care about what happens in Turkey? Yeah. So, well, there's two reasons. Now, one is uh, so I'll give you the really. Solid reason is that we know that there's this Ezekiel 38 and 39 invasion coming that involves uh, it, it, Gog, Magog, Gog of Magog, Rosh, and that talks about uh, Meshach, Tubal, and Tagarma. Those are clearly areas of Turkey. So the question is, was Ezekiel prophesying about the geographic region or was he prophesying about the ethnic. So some people say, well, this group migrated here, so we need to watch where they sure. migrated. I think he was looking at the, because uh, he says they come out of the north in the end times. So I think he was looking at the geographic regions. There's a question whether Russia is really Magog or not, although you can go to, uh, there's a old Jewish publication from the intertestamental period, that 400 years of silence called the Book of Jubilees. And you can actually go in there and you can find references to rivers in, that are in Ukraine, the Dnipro mm-hmm. River, in the the language, the hmm. description that they used at that time. And they talk about Magog, and I think it is the area of Russia. The Great Wall of China for, for centuries was known as the ramparts of Magog to keep the Magogians hmm. out. And you can even look at a map of uh, – you can find it on uh, – 
Google Images do a map for Gold Korea. Gold Korea. And it says that on a map. Hmm. So it's very interesting. interesting. So I, yeah. I clearly think it's that north. And I also think the Central Asian Stian Republics, because I think uh, the other issue would be some people think that Erdogan uh, would be the Antichrist, could be the Antichrist. I think he's a, a candidate. I think he is an Antichrist. He took over the what is even today the largest church in Christendom in Istanbul, Hagia Sophia, and turned it back into a mosque. It had been a museum for centuries. He turned it back into a mosque, hung up. And, by the way, after he did that, the Pope went there and prayed. That gives you some idea where the Pope is. Mm. So, so you know, there's different theories of the Antichrist. European, uh, there's uh, Islamic. And so what I do is I have baskets. So I have my European basket, and I put all the evidence in there, and I have my Islamic mm. basket. And then I'm, I'm cool when it works, however it works out. Assuming I'm still here when the Antichrist <laughs> is identified, and then I could say, "Well, see, I, I was following this all along, you know." So I have I have the perfect <laughs> political out, <clears throat> and then the, I know we may talk about King King Charles. Yes, there's also a very prominent theory by Tim Cohen. I wrote a book many years ago, yes. Antichrist and a Cup of Tea. I read it. I read it in 2010. Yeah, I, you mentioned that just last week, I, I, I think. I, I, it's very hard to get actually, yeah. and I, I own a copy. Yeah, of it. he's got a new one coming out, so. You know, he's done a lot of very long Charles, interviews. Let it, well, let, know, it, let it not be so. You always think that, well, you know, could, <laughs> you even think even the devil could do a better job. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, John, one thing you sent me in an email um, under we were just talking about implications of Ukraine war, Ezekiel 38, 39. We just mentioned Turkey. Now, you said your take is that Russia is not doing well. It's so hard based on the media reporting. Yeah. And reporting, I put reporting in air quotes. It's so hard to understand what's really going on. So what what makes you say so Russia's you, not doing well? There's a very – listen, uh, Erdogan was KGB. And the KGB had a million people working for it back in the days of the Cold War to spew out propaganda to deceive the West. And they were very effective at it. Yes, so those yeah. people haven't gone away. They now have a guy that that worked with them as president. So there's a tremendous amount of propaganda out there. And it's coming on both sides. So listen, you know, when I say that I don't think Russia is doing well, that doesn't mean that I'm totally pro-Ukrainian. I'm a little bit more nuanced than that. But I think we need to look at it honestly because you'll see pro-Russian bloggers, podcasts, and that type of thing will say Russia is just going to roll over and destroy uh, Ukraine any day now. Well, listen, they said it would be two weeks when the war started. <laughs> it's been a while. They're bogged down. They've been fighting to get this little town, Bakhmut, which isn't even strategic, for six months. So something mm. is going on. Listen, yeah. Russia, listen. so we talk about Ukrainian corruption, and they're paying off politicians the like the, the Bidens yeah. yep. in our country. Well, you know, Russia is equally corrupt. You know, I think the rule of thumb would be that Shoigu, the defense minister, keeps a third for himself from the defense budget. A third goes to his cronies, and a third may make it into equipment. Wow. But Russia came out and touted. I played the videos. They had slick video presentations. They do great graphics and stuff. Propaganda. The Russian, yeah. Russian defense ministry. Uh, they had this hypersonic missiles, and they supposedly fly at Mach 8. They're, there's nothing that can shoot them down. Well, they've, they used one early in the war. 
And Ukraine is very interesting, has done, I think, better than anybody thought. Now they're getting mm-hmm. a lot of technology and that type of thing from the West. There's a bevy of artificial intelligence defense contractors that are supplying Ukraine with information. <clears throat> I can't remember the name of the exact one that I'm thinking of, uh, but they were featured prominently at the most recent World Economic Forum, and they're just sort of volunteering this information. Musk has given them access to Starlink Internet, and the claim was last night there was about 18 missiles and drones shot at Kiev, the capital. Uh, I have a friend who lives there. I talk to him fairly mm. regularly. I did hear from him for about a month. I wondered what happened. And he said, I'm fine. I'm doing great. <laughs> you know, been going around. So life's sort of normal there. But they shot down 18 missiles, mm. drones, and other things, including wow. what they claim, Ukrainians. And, again, you have to take it with, uh, you know, verify it later. They claim to shot down six Russian hypersonic missiles. So I just I think Russia's bogged down. And I think if Russia is part of the Ezekiel 38 and 39 alliance, this is – I have that grid, acceleration, convergence, logistics, and understanding. The logistics of Ezekiel 38 and 39, it's described as a great company and a mighty army that comes mm. down. So what does that mean? Interesting. Well, Hezbollah yeah. has 50,000 fighters. I don't think that qualifies. They're, they're trouble. They have – maybe 250,000 rockets, some of which are precision-guided, that they can shoot at Israel. And that's not by a the great way, army? I, I don't know. <laughs> you know. And the other thing, too, is with the way the technology changes with drones and everything, I mean, Ukraine is using a lot of drones. Hmm. They can send up a drone and drop a grenade right on top of a guy. Uh, and it's hard to see them coming because they're they're kind of quiet. They don't make a large radar profile. Fascinating, and, huh? But... Also, there's this prophecy in Ezekiel 38 and 39 where it talks coming up like a cloud. And if you watch some of these, like uh, the United Arab Emirates did their New Year's Eve celebration, and they were doing art in the sky, like a portrait of the leader of the United Arab Emirates. They did this in Abu Dhabi. And so if they can do that with with drones? With drones. Wow. And Israel did it first on their 70th anniversary five years ago. They went up and the drones made a 70, then a Star of David, and then it morphed into a 70. Fascinating. And, but if they can do that for art, there's a military application Absolutely. for it. And sometimes Absolutely. the military application flows out of that. So the use of this artificial intelligence, targeting information, that type of thing, Ukraine's performed punch way above their weight class. But Ukraine is right next to Russia. And Belarus, by the way, the leader of Belarus is reported to maybe be near death today, 68. Young guy, I'm 69. So <laughs> Erdogan, by the way, is two days younger than I am. Oh, my goodness. But uh, he, the supply lines, you know, you can go right up against Ukraine. But to get to Israel border, it's a 1,000 more miles. So if they're having trouble with Ukraine next door, they have an issue. And they're very much a rail-based thing. So yeah. there's some things on... Uh, rail economies that are uh, railway. That was one of the things that Kamal, you can say the name here. I can't re- The guy who ran against Erdogan. Oh, Kilic Darola. Yeah. That's <laughs> Easy ex- for you to say. That's, yeah. that's exactly what you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> anyway, the, um, he was, he did a talk last week where he identified himself as a modernist Islamist. He's very pro Iranian. And he was showing a railway across sort of the Belt and Road Initiative is one of the things he wanted to do. So um, whoever wins in that, it's not going to change the ultimate outcome. So what about the horses? I know, I know nobody knows, but it says all of them riding on horses in Ezekiel. That has always thrown me for a loop. Well, 
I, you know, I don't two know minutes, if it's minutes. what yeah, look like a, horses to him or not. Okay, that, well, more, that's a, well, that's a good point. I wondered about that. Yeah, but it's, I, it could know. it could be you know the world economy collapses and maybe we go back to horses. You know? <laughs> All right, well, John, we're gonna have to pick up. Some Should of we this. mention that man? Yeah, okay. I was trying I to this, get this out. I did this in my update yesterday. Yes. So, so Trump announced back in, in twenty seventeen. What happened? Trump announces we're moving the embassy to Jerusalem. In 2017. Immediately, Erdogan and the Islamists, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation, all these Islamic countries, went into overdrive. And in a pro-Erdogan newspaper, Yeni Sefek, about December 12th or 13th, 2017, they published a map. You can see it in my update. I think it's near the end. I used it. And it's, it's Ezekiel 38 published in the thing. It shows the Central Asian... Uh, republics, Islamic republics, which used to be in the Soviet Union, but now they mm-hmm. are they are very Turkmen ethnic. So they mm-hmm. they have a very close relationship with Turkey. Very interesting yeah, alliance. Is. Well, this it map is. Is, is fascinating that it shows a vast area um, with well, warplanes, and then the waterways have ships in them. And then the closer closer you get to, to Israel, there are tanks surrounding this little tiny red speck called Israel. In a sea and this, of green. The, in a sea of yeah. green around it. It's a massive uh, uh, map and depiction. And you said that was from 2017. Yeah, that's who Erdogan is. So oh, yep. you got to watch him. You know, Chuck Missler once told me, John, watch Turkey. Okay. Well, there's so a do. lot to go on right there, yeah. Chuck Missler. All right, we've got to take our break. But when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about King Charles, the priest king, perhaps. Some say he's the Antichrist. Could it be so? Also, um, we are going to talk about a little bit of archaeology. That's always fascinating. Uh, John has a heart for archaeology and some finds. Also, persecution. We've got an interesting article on a street preacher, preacher in Oklahoma arrested for using Bible verses. That's next on Stand Up For The Truth. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com Before we get to uh, King Charles III, the priest king, is he the Antichrist? Who knows? But important month of May when it comes to the exit out of the World Health Organization. There's an organization called Sovereignty Coalition, the American Sovereignty Declaration, and their hashtag is Exit the Who, Exit the WHO. As you know, the WHO is, um, well, United Nations agency, effectively controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. The WHO but, is an organization? The WHO, yeah. <laughs> Sounds Del- like an abaca celebrity. Yes, yeah. Who? Who is the organization? Well, That's right. moreover, underwritten and influenced by other special interests, including Bill Gates and Big Pharma. So there's an organization wanting to raise awareness in the month of May to exit the world Health organization. We'll move on from this, but John Haller, your thoughts. Uh, listen, uh, you could follow Center for Security Policies. Frank Gaffney's group has done a lot of work on that. Michelle Bachman. Say that again. Also, uh, Michelle Bachman. No, I mean the. And the Center for Security Policy. Center for which Security is Policy. Frank Gaffney's group okay. has done a lot of work on that. And they're. Um, it, you know, there's a lot of people say, oh, they're not going to do this, they're not going to do this. Listen, if if they're saying they're not going to do it, then you got to decide who's uh, <laughs> spouting misinformation. We just went through a lot of time. And, you know, now the narrative is like, 
well, we never shut anything down. What, what do you talk about? That was just everybody was volunteering to do that. I mean, that's sort of mm-hmm. what Trudeau has set up in Canada. He's not very popular in Alberta, although they have a lunatic mayor in Calgary that persecutes Christian bastards and uh, their uh, their prime minister, whatever they call him, in their province mm-hmm. is not that great either. So Trudeau is uh, not liked in, in Alberta by and large, though. So, so listen, listen, by the way, as they push this energy thing on us, now, all of a sudden, they're saying, well, you know, maybe nuclear energy isn't so bad. We can handle the waste. And now who's got a new, uh, not a water-cooled, but a sodium-cooled nuclear reactor that's under construction hmm. in Kimmerer, Iowa, or Kimmerer, Wyoming, southwestern Wyoming. It's a company that's owned by Bill Gates. Oh, my goodness. What a, what a to, web, huh? to open in 2030. So they, and that date keeps coming up everywhere. Agenda 2030, mm-hmm. the World Economic Forum. They put Somebody put out a video called Ukraine 2030, how they want to turn it into this digital yeah, cashless society. So uh, watch the date 2030. I did a talk on Calgary about that. There's a theory that would suggest maybe the second coming around 2030 to 2032. But I don't want to be accused of date setting because – if it comes and goes, I won't be surprised. But I'm just saying is there seems to be some impotence based on the prophecy in Joel of mm. for two days we'll be oppressed, and on the third day he will rise us up. We'll call for him to return. And that's a prophecy of what happens at the end of this period of tribulation. Well, so let's jump over this article on this inscription that was found, um, an early Hebrew inscription that dates, likely dates to the Bronze Age. It predates any previously known inscription in Israel by at least 200 years, found on Mount Ebal. And it, it said, you are cursed by God. What is that all about, John Haller? Yeah, so... Listen, I'm going to make a recommendation that I do a lot. Uh, I would recommend <laughs> Joel Kramer. Joel Kramer and his book, uh, Where God Came Down, yep. is an excellent resource to kind of give you a primer on archaeology. But he also has a YouTube channel where he puts up, unlike me, he puts up kind of short videos uh, on a particular, one specific topic. It's very, very popular, far more popular than my YouTube channel called Expedition Bible. I've uh, Joel uh, and Pam and I were just three of us traveling around. Uh, Judea and Samaria for a few days back in 2017. It was like a PhD education on archaeology. So one of the places we went was to Nablus, which is one of the worst terrorist cities yeah. uh, mm. in Israel. As you drive down the street, every square is a honoring a martyr that went and bombed and killed Jews. Wow. But then right in the midst of it, there's there's this giant refugee camp that's still a refugee camp since 1948 been there for 75 years now, <clears throat> called Balata. But right next to Balata, and when we were there, we were on Friday morning, so you could hear the mosque messages being broadcast by loudspeaker all over town. And they, it, I don't speak Arabic, but I'm pretty sure they weren't talking peace and love. Because <laughs> there was a killing near Nablus by a Jewish settler who had killed a couple Palestinian oh. Arabs. They attacked his car. Well, they just attacked his car with some rocks. No, these rocks are like you know, 20-pound stones, and there were like 300 people attacking this car, so he shot and killed two of them. And they had riots in the streets. So we went to Shechem. This is the ancient biblical city. You can sit there. You can look at, in Judges, it talks about the temple fortress. You can you can stand within the 
<clears throat> outline of that. You can see the thick walls. And at the end of it, though, this is where Joshua built a holy place when the people came in, and he put up a stone as a as a memorial as to the covenant that had been renewed there at Shechem on Mount Ebal, where they found this document, and Mount Gerizim, where hmm. the Samaritans live. So very interesting archaeology, geography. You can go and touch what's left of the, the stone that Joshua put up. Wow. You can, you can touch it. It's now got Palestinian graffiti on it that they got to clean off every now and again. But you can stand there, and you stand there, but you look up, and to your, uh, to your right would be Mount Ebal, which is sort of barren. It's dry. Mm-hmm. Mount Gerizim is green and lush. So Joshua divided the people of Israel into six tribes on Ebal, six tribes on Gerizim. You can read about it in the book of Joshua. And they were renewing the covenant. And so on Ebal, they shouted the curses that were given to them by Moses. If we do this, God will send judgment. And then on Gerizim, they pronounced the blessings if they kept the law and followed what God had told Moses. But on Ebal, they have discovered an altar, which I don't think there's any question now, is the altar that Joshua erected on Ebal. And it's interesting that he erected the altar where they would make sacrifices for their sins on the Mount of Curses. Hmm. So last year, Scott uh, Stripling, I believe is his name, Biblical Research Associates, they have a, a great YouTube channel, they announced that they had found this in a sifting project. Some guy, they come in and they dig all this stuff up and they throw the debris over in mm-hmm. a pile. They went and looked at the debris in a wet sifting project and they came up with this lead tablet and they've analyzed it now. They just—it was just in the Jerusalem Post last last night. It was released. I don't know if it's in the published paper today. I didn't see it, but it talks about. It uses the term Yahweh, Y H W Y H W Yahweh, and so there. It, and this is uh, early, very early pre-Hebrew script, and it shows that they were there in the land, and it talks about the curses now. One guy said, well, this is just really what happens if I don't listen to my wife. The guy was just writing down all the problems that he would have. <laughs> but it, it's very interesting. They, they had to do this analyze because they couldn't pull it apart. And it's right there. So they had come into the land. They had done the conquest. By the way, you can go to the British Museum. Get a book called The Bible in the British Museum. And in the British Museum, you will see these little letters. Uh, they're stone letters, cuneiform. And they're called the Armana Letters. And I saw them. I, I stood right there an inch away. Hmm. And I don't, I don't read Cuneiform. They've been translated. But it was from the king of Shechem to the, the pharaoh in Egypt saying, listen, I'm having, we're having trouble. We're being overrun by these Haparu people here in Canaan. Help us. Haparu Hebrew. Hebrew. That's right. Interesting. Wow. And the dating on this, I mean, is this significantly earlier than they expected? Yes. Does it change? I mean, does it it change anything? It falls within, I believe, the period of the conquest is known as the Late Bronze Period. There's a big narrative. I was just watching a video that Joel put up about Jericho. Uh, The narrative on Jericho changed. I took biblical archaeology almost 50 years ago when I was (laughs) in college. Great class by a guy who would spend his summers... Digging in Israel, uh, assistant librarian at Grace College, 
Bob Ibach, and he said they're going to change the narrative on Jericho. So when we went to Israel in 1995, the narrative had changed to the extent that many evangelical tours don't even bother to go out on the tell at Jericho. Uh, so when we were there with Joel, I watched. Uh, he knows the owner of the restaurant there. I think it's the Paradise Cafe. He's a very good friend of his. And the guy talked, and he's known locally <coughs> as the king of Jericho. So he said, you know, John, if you you now you're Joel's friend, you're my friend. You need anything in Jericho, you come and see me. And I think he means it. I mean, he really means it. But so here's the restaurant. There's a parking lot. I must have watched over 200 tour buses come through there in the few hours we were there before we, and then when we went out to the tell, there was one group of 12 people other than Joel Pam and I that went out on the tell. So here is this rich proof that this is the Jericho of the conquest and that evangelicals have been duped. That, that's shocking to me. That's stunning. And nobody, I went on a couple of trips to Israel. We never went to the Tel Jericho. Now I've been there and now I would say, in fact, I'm going to try to organize a tour for next year so you can follow me at Fellowship Bible Chapel. I'll make announcements about that. I was going to try to do this year, but just not enough time. <laughs> and what I'm going to try to do is we're going to try to break it into two, the regular tour and then sort of the deep dive tour for a smaller group. That's my goal and desire because we, completely ignored these great biblical sites in Judea and Samaria, Hebron, uh, Jericho, Shechem, mm-hmm. Shiloh. Hardly, not a lot of groups will go to Sh- uh, Shiloh because it's more accessible. Shechem is not, it's hard to get in there. You've got to mm-hmm. get a special bulletproof window bus. You have to have a security guard. <laughs> so, it, you know, there's some risk to it. But, yeah. I mean, we drove around and Joel's beat up car. His car was dirty enough that I asked him, you know, Joel, I said, don't take this the wrong way, but do they have car washes in Israel? And he said, yeah, I don't wash my car because if I do, it's going to get stolen. So the dirtier it is, the less likely it is to get stolen. So anyway, so listen, I I would just highly recommend you go to uh, Expedition Bible. There's also another channel, Israel My Channel on YouTube. Uh, The guy puts up reconstruction graphics of ancient Jerusalem and Jerusalem of the Second Temple period. He's a Polish guy associated with Friends of Israel. I cannot remember his name. Chris Atalka, who spoke at the Calgary Conference also. I met him at the city of, he was at the Media Summit in December, so I met him down Mm -hmm. in the city of David. I talked to him that day. (coughs) Phenomenal channel. I mean, there's so much evidence out there. That yes. It's overwhelming, and more continues to come. Yeah. Always. And like yeah. this tablet. So go to the Jerusalem Post today and read yep. this book. Well, my, my husband and I always say, wherever you put a shovel in Israel, you will find something. How, <laughs> how can you not? And I think, you know, in another life, my dream job would have been archaeology in uh, Israel. That yep. would have been the absolute, ultimate, incredible job. We did Some a podcast. estimates are when that you they got only back have Israel, we did a podcast one, on that. One to five percent of it has been... Uh, Are you kidding? The, One to five wow. percent. And, and you can go to Hebron. I, when I was there at the Media Summit, I talk about this a lot because it meant a lot to me. I love Hebron. Hebron is the, the tomb, the cave of Machpelah. Herod built a commemorative structure there that has stood for 2,000 years through earthquakes and everything. I was able to be introduced to a guy named Yishai Fleischer and his wife Malka, and was a, he's the official spokesperson for the Jewish community of Hebron. You might not have him on your show. He's, he's a rabbi. He's a Zionist. And I got invited to their house for Shabbat. It was an incredible 
evening as I saw these their children engaged with the text of Scripture, unlike mm. any evangelical well, child I have ever met in my life. Wow. And they argue about it. Like, well, you know, I think the rabbi said that so-and-so didn't do the wrong thing when they were selling Joseph into slavery. Is you know this one brother didn't really act that bad, and I think the rabbi he's he doesn't know what understand this is really bad. You know it was just a kind of an interesting engagement, but so there at this cave they you can go to the place it's built above the cave where Abraham, Sarah, Rebecca, uh, Isaac, Jacob, and Leah are buried. It's actually wow. there, and then you can drive a couple miles up into Hebron where the Jews aren't allowed to go, and go to a place called Mamre, which is where Abraham got the promise. Three angels came to him, and it says, mm. Yahweh met Abram by the oaks of Mamre. You can see where the oak trees grew in the bedrock, out of the bedrock, where it's broken up. You can walk there today. And it's interesting, two of those angels left after they had the meeting with Abram in Genesis 18, and they went to a place called Sodom. Huh. But the other angel just sort of went away. And so who was the third angel? I think it was the pre-incarnate Interesting. Jesus Christ. So, Interesting. But you can learn a lot about that yep. by, in Joel's book. All right, John, 10 minutes left, and we've got to talk about this article, a fascinating article of the Wall Street Journal on Charles III, The Priest King. And it starts off by saying a global audience watched the coronation of King Charles III last week, but no one could see the most important part. Behind a hand-woven screen in Westminster Abbey, Justin Welby, Archbishop of Canterbury, took up the oldest item in the coronation regalia, a golden spoon, and anointed the king's hands, chest, and head with holy oil. So it, they anointed Charles yeah, III. I talked a little bit about this in my update yesterday, and I actually was able to dig out the video of part of the coronation proceeding Um where they talked about this and the priest-king aspect of this. So, okay. look, there's this theory that Charles is the Antichrist. You know, I, like I said, I put it in my Charles, I have a Charles III basket now. <laughs> and, you know, so I look at it. And, listen, when when you look at what went on with the British Commonwealth Games in uh, Birmingham earlier this year, the imagery, the beast, the 70 nations, the uh, Tower of Babel that was all part of that as Charles drove up there to attend that in his electric car. And then in <laughs> 2021, you had the quote, rather famous now in prophecy circles of Charles saying that we need to mount a military, military style campaign on energy and green agenda. And it says, mm. uh, and, and then he mentions like, uh, with trillions at his disposal. And it's like, who is he talking about? Yeah. Uh, far beyond global GDP. Wow. And if it's like, you know, did he misspeak or what? But I've listened to that, the audio, a hundred times at least. Some say, well, with trillions at its disposal. I don't think that's what he said. And so was he tipping something off? Was he tipping off something about himself or somebody else that he's meeting with? I don't know. I, But if, if you look, so this oil came from Israel. Uh, and the article in the Wall Street Journal, this is on Friday, May 12th, uh, this demonstrates the deep historic link between the coronation, the Bible, and the Holy Land. What? Why are they bringing this up? Charles went there. Mm -hmm. There's never been a monarch making an official visit. By the way, this this 
oil came from olive trees on the Mount of Olives, which is where Charles' maternal grandmother is buried, he, the mother of Prince Philip. Interesting. Philip went there in 94. Prince Harry has gone there, made the first, I think, royal family official visit back a couple, few years ago. But it says here, so um, Archbishop Wealthy's explained, uh, without mentioning Jews, Israel or British governor's refusal to recognize Israel's sovereignty on the Mount of Olives, the world's oldest, largest, and most sacred Jewish cemetery. Hmm. So, like, why did Welby say that? Why Why did this come up? Yeah. So, look, maybe there's a connection. It's certain, listen, we, <laughs> we see all these things where people are are acting in, I guess, messianic ways. There's, I think, a push by the king of Saudi well, not the king, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, who's building this massive city in the desert mm-hmm. that will be sort of, he wants it to be the center of world commerce, Niam. He's also talking, made a proposal through channels. It appeared in the Wall Street Journal, appeared in Arab papers about a, a proposal to reach peace between Israel and the Arabs called the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, which it would be a true two-state solution. It would be Jordan and areas of the West Bank in one and Gaza in one thing, not the four-state solution that the morons at our State Department talk about, where it's Jordan, uh, Palestine, and, and Gaza, and maybe another one. It's um, it, it's just very interesting that all of this is converging at this time. And then at the media summit, I almost fell off my chair when I heard this. One of the, Jonathan Medvad, a very wealthy Israeli businessman promoter. Uh, said that you know they t- he brought up ChatGPT four, which is the first I'd heard of it. Mm-hmm. It just rolled out about ten days before, already over a million downloads. Now it's way over; it's in the hundreds of millions. AI is changing our world, and <coughs> it has a religious aspect to it. And he said, "We're going to use AI, and when we do this, we will make the lame walk." Well, that ties very closely to the messianic signs that Jesus told the disciples of John the Baptist in, huh. uh, when they came and said, are you the one? He says, yeah, you go tell John what you're seeing. You're gonna, you just, and he did it. He said the lame walk, the blind see the lame walk, deaf hear. Neuralink presentation ties in the same thing. Wow. So what you see is the beginning of people for these messianic, sort of miracle properties yeah. of things coming with AI. Well, this article says, Anointing affirmed Charles as a link in a symbolic chain between heaven and earth. The Hebrew Mashiach, anointed, gives us Messiah. The Greek Charisma, anointing, became Christos, anointed one. Although Charles swore to serve his people, uh, an anointed monarch's first duty is to God. And, and we had also on the podcast last week about they were going to offer an opportunity for people around the world watching to swear an oath to him and his ancestors yes. forever, which added another that weird mystical creepy. element. And we live in such a secular world, um, and yet, you know, people are spiritual beings, and they are gravitating towards this mm. combination of church and state. You know, Do you have any thoughts on that? She reigned for a long time, the second longest reigning mar- monarch mm-hmm. in modern human history uh, that could be confirmed. Uh Queen Elizabeth, and I wonder if these things were said at Queen Elizabeth's coronation back in 1952. Uh, that would be interesting research project. Yeah, yeah well, so his you was can email more, that. Yeah. His was more ecumenical than any. <laughs> his was most ecumenical that uh, in, in history they're saying. I mean, I did mm-hmm. some reading on it, but it's pretty interesting. Well, there's some people who think that he's already converted to Islam. Wow. Uh, 
that because of some of the things that he said, mm-hmm. he's certainly ecumenical at a minimum. I I, yeah. I don't view him particularly as a God fearing man. Yeah. Yeah. But then why did they do this? Why? It, exactly. I mean, he he allowed this to happen at yeah. this particular time of history. So, so I'm sure the people who believe that this is he is the one. Their their heads are exploding after they read this article and watch yeah. that ceremony because so, there were a lot of things there that are really kind of weird. Yeah, um, we've got just two and a half minutes with John Haller, and we wanted to just touch on this story over at Rutherford Institute. Um, there's attempts by the courts to silence individuals whose religious views may be perceived as intolerant or hateful. So there's a five-year restraining order against a street preacher in Oklahoma, and he's been threatened with arrest after citing Bible verses on social media, pay attention, friends, to express moral concerns about a church that endorses same-sex marriage and raising awareness about a public drag queen performance that occurred in front of children. Most of the people listening right now would say, yes, we need to speak up about that, but... It's unconstitutional. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly unconstitutional. The judge should be removed. The Oklahoma legislature should get on board, get their act together, and impeach this guy and get him out of office immediately, or the Oklahoma governor. So step up and do something, because this is outrageous. Yes. We're going to see more of this. They've weaponized this whole thing. In Mm -hmm. Calgary, there's a local pastor... Uh, that I talked to some of the people about, he had gone down to the local library to protest Drag Queen Story Hour. Yep. They took him and they threw him out of the window, sort of reminding me of seeing, and I hate to say I watched it, Beverly Hills Cop, <laughs> where right. they threw Eddie, Eddie Murphy out of a window. And he was arrested. And he was arrested for littering or something. or Loitering. Or, or break, yeah, loitering. loitering. Or break. Why did they threw me out of the window? And the same thing happened there. And so, I mean, this guy's been in and out of jail. There's another guy who's doing a sort of the Kirk Cameron type thing, uh, Truth Story Hour at the library. Yeah. But the librarians in Calgary are fighting him and refusing to allow him to hold a truth story hour yep. at the thing. So there, there's a whole agenda here. Yes. This agenda ties into a lot of things, trans, transhumanism and all sorts of things. It's fascinating. We didn't even get to that. Um, the NIH, we mentioned yesterday, they're doing yeah. experiments on uh, transgendered kids and because of the hormones, and two, two have died. And uh, anyway, there, or it's, it's, Yuval Harari's article in The Economist yes. last week where he says AI will eventually create a religion. For yeah, people. we're going to talk about that next week, yeah. Mary and I, because that's an extensive article. But, John, uh, it's always great to have you in studio. What a blessing. Fastest hour of my life. Yeah. <laughs> have a safe trip back to Thank Ohio. You so much, Thank you so much for you and Pam, and uh, what a blessing she's been to Rosanna. Um, we appreciate you. Um, Mary, we got a lot to talk about next week yet. Yeah, there's only a yeah. fraction of what we could really get to today. But tomorrow, friends, you will hear. Crash Connell tells me he he guarantees you will hear T.A. McMahon and a conversation we had a few months ago, Mary and I with T.A. McMahon tomorrow on the podcast. Also, of course, he's with the Brian Call. Also, Julaine Appling, Wisconsin Family Council, give us an update on whatever happened to that uh, firebombing of her office back in May of last year, Mother's Day last year, 2022. And we'll talk about relevant issues uh, in Wisconsin and uh, politics with Jelaine. Pete Garcia on Friday talking about a new book, him and Terry James, New World Order, 
that's the topic. We're going to dive into that with Pete. We appreciate you guys again, as always, your prayers. Uh, everybody goes through warfare. If you are a child of Christ, a child of God, and you are a believer in Christ uh, and truth proclaimer, you will get warfare. But, uh, you know, we get hit as well. So we thank you for your prayers and for sharing the podcast. Well, John Haller, David Fiorazzo, and for Mary Danielson, God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.